The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host for Loving That Sports Talk, always co-host. All right, buddy, TJ, you there, Terry? I'm here, love. How you doing? All right. I think Glove on. Is Glover on, too? Oh, I guess he's not on, yeah. But, well, we're going to make it a shake it right there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Terry, we'll start off since I've only got you for a few minutes. I want to get to the good stuff. Ain't that what they say? When you going to get to the good But anyway, I can't say. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, jump right into it. Alex Smith traded to Kansas City Chiefs. You know, um, Terry, I thought maybe um, Andy Reid was going to try and get Michael Vick over there, but apparently he's going the other route with that um, pocket quarterback. Now, do you think that's why he's going there? Because he felt when he was with the Eagles that um, Michael Vick, he didn't want no more running quarterback there? No, I don't think that at all. I think that uh, Michael Vick wanted to stay in Philly. Um, I think he feels he probably has got a lot more approved than, you know, what's been going on in the past. And um, I think that that that's a good pick for Kansas City. I I think that was a good move. I don't I don't think there was anything wrong with that at all. Yeah, do you think? I mean, if you look at it like San Francisco got rid of because they got cap and all, you know, you understand that when you have two quarterbacks that you know you can't pay and one sitting there. But you think that's the right fit for Kansas City? I mean, you know, look at Kansas City. They got a great running back. They had a, a quarterback, Matt Castle. That came from New England, and he had a great season in New England. But um, you think that's a great fit for uh, Kansas City, or? Well, sure. I mean, what, what's wrong with uh, what's wrong with Castle, or uh, what, what's wrong with Alex? He's yeah, a quarterback, that, isn't he? Well, I, I, and that's why I want you to go there. I want you to say that because yeah. and, and they need him as a quarterback. They need a quarterback. I mean, they, they they've gone through some struggles, and, and and they feel they've got a pretty decent running game. And, and some receivers, and then now they need a, a good, sound quarterback. And, and, and you said the key thing, what's wrong with him? I thought, anyway, that was wrong with what he should have never got the motor that went in with the 49ers, you know? And I said the same thing, what's wrong with him? Well, you know, his, maybe he shouldn't have gotten demoted, but he did. And the San Francisco 49ers went to the uh, Super Bowl with Kaepernick. So we'll never know what Alex Smith would have done with San Francisco, we can, you know, we can if if it all day long and what if, but we won't never know. And you know, it's unfortunate that a quarterback loses his spot to injury. That's usually not the standard operating procedure in, in the football in the National Football League, but it happened to him. And 
you know, hopefully it doesn't happen to anybody else, and, and hopefully he can move on from it and, and continue to have a, a good career. Well, I and mean, that's what you want with these quarterbacks like this. I mean, look at what's going on. You got a quarterback, Caffrey, you got Arsenal. Now you got the um, Philadelphia Eagles trying to trade um, Fold, you know. Uh, what, what is that? I mean, you look at it and say, okay, you got these quarterbacks. Don't you need a good backup? I mean, that's what these teams are starting to realize. You get rid of your second, your backup, and then when your quarterback gets hurt, there's nobody to back up. You have to put a right. uh, well, You know, I think. I, I think you look at your quarterback to determine what kind of backup you're going to need. you got quarterbacks that make it through a full season, and, and most of them do. A lot of them get hurt. You know, they're out for, you know, two or three games if, if they get a concussion. Hopefully your quarterback will be able to keep your team going. But in the big swing, you know, in the big scheme of things, if you lose a game or two early on because your quarterback is out, that's not going to necessarily determine your season. Um, so you have to look at your quarterback, see what kind of quarterback you've got. Do you got a Tom Brady? When was the last time Tom Brady was put out? You know, and, and, and when he was put out, it was a, a significant injury. Um, you know, but then if you've got a Michael Vick, who you know is has to get outside the pocket and, and is going to take some hard hits, and, and there's a chance that he's not going to make it through a season. Um, you've got a Ben Roethlisberger or, or somebody like that who's, um, you know, limping with injuries and stuff like that. You just got to determine what kind of quarterback you have right now, I think, in order to determine your backup. Well, what we're talking about, Glove, is um, I want to welcome all the listeners. Eric Glove, are you there, Glove? Yeah, I'm here, Love. What's going on? What's up, TJ? How you doing, Glove? We're all right, all right. Alex, Alex Smith going to Kansas City Chief. Is that a good fit for Kansas City, Glove? Well, you know, you know the um, I, I caught the tail end of what you guys were talking about. I mean, it's a good fit going in the right direction because they do need a quarterback, but here it is again. We spoke about it before where Alex Smith is starting all over again. At at some point, this young man needs some consistency, and that's something he hasn't had. He finally got it in San Francisco when Harbaugh took over, but his second year with Harbaugh is when he got injured. And Kaepernick took over. So it's like this man, once he gets going, it's like he keeps getting restarts. So he has to keep starting over, learning another offense, a whole other system, get used you know, to different personnel all over again. But, I mean, isn't that what we said, though? I mean, I mean, Terry, well, the, it takes a quarterback three, four, five years for them to develop to be an NFL quarterback. I mean, like you say, uh, Alex Smith needs consistency. He got what he, but don't it take years? I mean, look at look at Cam Newton. I mean, look at that. That's a good thing. And we see the first string. I mean, the first time quarterback like the Seattle Russell Wilson and the captain now. And you guys even said it next year. I think you said too. They're not going to do this. Do you agree with that? Uh, uh, agree with what now? That I mean, it takes at least four years for the quarterback to even develop to be a great quarterback. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it takes some time. It takes some time in the system. It takes some familiarity and and stuff like that. But, you know, we can – I don't like to sit and harp on, you know, poor Alex Smith or poor this guy or poor that guy. This guy is a great quarterback. He's an athlete. He's going to fit in at the quarterback position. Um, and, yeah, he might have some struggles, but what quarterback does whether they're either in their second, third, or fourth year. But, you know, it'll it'll be nice to see him hopefully finally have 
you know, five or six years at a at a spot where he can, you know, showcase what he can do and, and hopefully quiet some of the critics and, and, you know, make people happy. I think he'll have a decent career because I've always thought he was a good sound quarterback. Um, I, I kind of liken him to uh, who was Denver court, Denver's quarterback before Tebow? You're talking about um, Jay Cutler, was there? Jay, not Jay Cutler. Um, you're talking about Brady Quinn. Who? Quinn, Brady Quinn. Oh, you're talking about um, no. um, or um, Orton. Uh, oh, Orton. Orton. Yeah. That's who I kind of like in uh, uh, Alex Smith too. I mean, he's a he, he can manage the game. He's a good quarterback. He's sound. He doesn't make many mistakes. I, I think he'll have a, a decent career. Glove, do you think? Um, these teams that, like I was telling Terry, they have these backups, and they end up giving their backups away, trading them. Then the season that started to get hurt, you know, now they're going to go to a rookie. Do you think, I mean, that's benefiting the team? Well, you know what? I mean, like I said, again, I caught the tail end of that and, and what you guys were talking about, you know, as far as having a good backup. And, and you got to remember, a lot of these guys or a lot of these franchises invest a lot of money in their starters. And then, you know, by investing so much money in your starting quarterback, you know, you also have to invest in a, a good offensive line. So who's been, you know, who's been blessed with a good line? We talked, somebody said Brady. Brady's always had a good offensive line. Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, he's had a good line. Peyton Manning, for the most part, he's always had a good line. You know, Roethlisberger, you know, is a, out of the whole crew, He's about the only one whose line haven't been that good. But Roethlisberger's what, six four, six five, six six. He's not built like a Michael Vick or some of these other quarterbacks we're talking about. So his line doesn't have to be as good. You know, all these guys that you guys are calling elite, or or they call elite. Look at the offensive line they have. Look at look at the consistency. You guys got to remember, consistency goes a long way. Peyton Manning, Indianapolis, sits out a year or two. What offense does Denver run when Peyton Manning comes back? The same offense he's been running for 15 years or 12 years, however long he's been in the league. You know, Andrew Luck, he was successful when he came from, from college. What offense did Indianapolis implement for him? The same offense he ran the pro set in college. So there's consistency with the quarterback, with the play calling, but there's also consistency on the front line. You talk about Michael Vick. You know, yeah, he he has to get outside the pocket and, and run for his life, you know, like the Klan is chasing him or something like that. But why is that? Because there's no consistency on his line. So that's the difference between, you know, the Bradys and the Mannings and the Roethlisbergers and the quarterbacks like Michael Vick and, and beyond. You agree with that, sir? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, when we talk about, Consistency and the quarterback just has time to pass the ball. I mean, you got to realize if you put things into perspective, a defensive uh, a corner isn't going to be able to guard a receiver all the way down the field. I mean, at some point in time, he's going to come open, and if you have time to throw the ball, you're going to put it there. So, you know, a good offensive line is is, is what the, you know you need as a quarterback. That's what you want. So, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, I don't know if you would think I disagree with you, Glover, or tell you guys, but you say consistency, you don't need that. If you, like you say, Glover, you got a Tom Brady that can sit in the pocket, you're going to find a receiver that's going to get open. You have four or five receivers running crazy, still later going to get open. I mean, that's all you need is a good line. 
your quarterback could be a guy just off the street. Anybody can sit in the pocket and throw the ball, you know, and get and, and when they open the line. But if you pressure, like you know, or Michael Vick or all the other quarterbacks, you know, now you have to find your receiver a run, you know. So I mean, you got different things. Man. I can sit in that pocket for five, six seconds. I don't care what you say. I'm gonna find somebody that's gonna be open. But guys, we're gonna take a uh, no. Go ahead. What do you think of that guy? Hey, you know what, James? I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, TJ, if he's about to go, but let's think about it. When you have a Super Bowl team, unlike Baltimore, been the only one that's been kind of blessed with winning that Super Bowl a few years back, but this year. But when you talk about the, the Cowboys and, and the old 49ers and, you know, the old Raider teams and the old Steeler teams and teams that won Super Bowl, you can go across that front line on offense and name two or three offensive linemen that was Hall of Famers. So so you do need good offensive linemen, and, and you think it's just any journeyman quarterback can, can come off the street because you got a good line of receivers and, and make those those passes or, or, or lead an offense. Think about guys that were in. Buffalo had a great team with Jim Kelly. They went, what, four times in a row. They never won a Super Bowl. So could they have brought somebody else in to, to, to change up the, the chemistry in Buffalo to get them over the hump? You know? Think about it. Now, the only place that that happened was, like I said, Baltimore, when Kelly Stouffer, I think his name was, Trent Dilfer, excuse me, when Trent yeah. Dilfer quarterback, you know, Baltimore to their first Super Bowl. Now, that might be the exception to the rule, but the defense was making plays and the players around him. So he might be the only one close to a quarterback that wasn't an elite that you guys call that won a Super Bowl. Well, you know what, guys, we got to take a break. When we come back, I think you led into that uh, glove and Terry that, you know, these quarterbacks and the backups. And when, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what it takes for you to get these players because uh, Tom Brady took a pay cut, and everybody keeps saying he took it because he want to build another championship and, and get some of the players on the line. But uh, we're going to see what y'all think about that because I don't think he did. So we got to take a break. This is Jay Glover, Glover, that sports talk. And we got TJ, we got Glove, San Diego. Must be raining out there because he ain't saying what the weather is. Nah, baby, it's 80 degrees. <laughs> and, and it's cold out there around me, Terry. I'm so glad I got out of there, boy. That blizzard. Hey, the sun is shining, love. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
when it comes to youth and high school football. Listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and 10 Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Yes, it's that loving back, loving that sports time. I always see Jay. Still that, T? I'm here. And glove, 80, 80, glove, 80, right? 80 degrees, baby. Sunny, sunny oh. California. I don't know. Terry might got you beat the sun out there, right, T? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, we got to get started because we only got Terry for the last seven. He won't jump on this, but um, during the break, we was talking about Tom Brady taking a pay cut. You know, and they, everybody's saying he took the pay cut, so he built another championship, so... They got enough money and a cap to sign all these players, Wesley Walker. That is crazy. You don't take, you know, if he would have took that pick, he should have took it last year when Wesley Walker was looking for a contract and then all that. So don't come back now. And then, Terry, you said no matter what, he took it. No, he didn't take that for the team. Come on, Terry. Hey, well, I, I don't know why he took it. I, did, I didn't read it. I, I saw it, but I, I haven't read it. My point I'm trying to make is, is that last week, Glove and I, we talked about, you know, why is the quarterback position always the highest-paid position? Why do they not take a pay cut and spread the wealth around? So that's what I'm, my point is, is that he took the pay cut. Regardless of why he took it, I don't care. But by him doing that, that's what that money is going to be used for, whether it was to make another run at, at, at the playoffs, whether it was to, you know, help keep some players on the I don't know, and I don't care. The bottom line is that he took the pay cut. That's my point. Cool. Well, no, but what what TJ just said at the end is correct. Bottom line, we had a conversation about quarterbacks. Bottom line, he took the pay cut. You're absolutely right. Now, the reason for him doing it was it was it to sign players. Well, you could say that. I mean, he's taken a pay cut before to to get a couple of players, so we can't really pat him on the back. But the other side, if you also look into it, is, you know, two years from now, three years from now, if you, if you look at the deal that he just did, he'll end up making 15 or $20 million more than he would have made 
if he didn't take a pay cut. So he benefits on the back end because he saves taxes for himself and the team right now. Now, here's my problem. If Welker is the guy, like he has been catching 100 balls in New England for the past couple years, why are they even hesitating to sign this guy? If, If he's an essential part of your offense, then the man should get signed. But my problem, and this is my only problem, Brady's never come out publicly and said, if that's the leader of your team, and he thinks Wes Wilker's a vital part, he's never come out publicly and said, hey, this man deserves to get paid. This man needs his money. Brady hasn't said anything, so in my book, he's still selfish, regardless of taking his pay cut, which he's going to end up making more anyway. You know what, my question is to you, Terry, and Glove is, you know, we're looking at Joe Flacco that's coming up with contract. You know, he never had the big contract like a Brady and a Drew. We're looking at um, all the other quarterbacks that he might have to come up for the first time. Now, if that was Tom Brady, you think he would say, okay, no, don't give me $20 million, only give me 15 That's my point to you guys. That's my question. Do, do, would he have said that if he was in Joe Flacco's position? Yeah. First time getting a pay raise. Well, here's the deal. Brady, Brady's got money. He's got elite quarterback money. Right or wrong? Right. Okay, right. Flacco doesn't. So you can't tell well, me that Brady Flacco would have done the same, same thing if he was in Flacco's yeah. position, being his Flacco. first time eligible to receive this big player money, that he would turn it down. No. Do I believe that? No, I don't believe that at all. But Flacco's in the same spot where they need players fine, and if he take a pay cut, they can sign these players. Now what do you say about that? Should he take the pay cut? Is that the question? I'm saying he in the same spot, you know, like it's, it's the Brady, but it's his first time for a pay raise, but they need to sign some players. So do they give Flacco all that money and he take it, or do he say give me a pay cut and don't give me all that money and sign the rest of these players? That's my point. Okay, I'm I'm a little confused on your point, but you know what I'm saying, Glove. Let me let me let me help you out. Let me let me let me clear the air with with with, with what James is talking about. What you got to look at is this: all these guys we keep talking about, they've already made money, right? They've already had the big paydays. They're getting the big paydays. Love is saying it's finally time for Flacco to get his big payday because of what's going on in Baltimore with you know the cap room should. Flacco not accept the the pay increase, take less pay to sign guys on Baltimore. Now, for me, here's what's crazy, because these guys on these other teams, you know, Brady, Roethlisberger, because these guys are restructuring their contract, they're already cutting Flacco's money. Because remember, according to how he signed, if he franchised, he'll only get what the quarterbacks are getting. So with these guys cutting two and three million dollars off of their uh, salary, it lowers Flacco's money already. Now Baltimore could just be a do a gentleman's agreement and sign him to a long term contract, but the current market just dropped with Brady taking a pay cut, right. with Roethlisberger taking a pay cut. So now the market's changed. So Flacco's already before he's even signed his deal, he's already out of somewhere between two and five million dollars, right. and he hasn't signed a deal yet. So if that's what's going on, his pay is going to drop even more if he takes a cut to sign the players. If I'm Flacco, I get the money. I'm sorry. 
them guys already got paid. Let the, let the organization worry about it. I'm going for the big payday. Yeah, well, the bottom line is somebody's got to get the hammer if we're going to get back to, you know, keeping good teams, keeping consistency with teams, spreading the wealth. Somebody's going to have to get the hammer, and, and, and maybe it will be Flacco this year. I, I don't know. But, um, you know, I mean, you can't sit there and argue with it. You, you, you've got to get paid. This is a game to where, you know, it's a short-lived game, and you got to get paid while you're doing it. Uh, otherwise, you know, uh, things happen, and you end up, Old and hurt, and before your time. So, you know, well, well, Terry, well, that just changed um, so many years ago. Before, you would see the players say, "You know what? I'm gonna learn to. I'm gonna agree. You know, I'm gonna do this for the team. It was loyalty." Now, since they found out the owners don't care about them, now everybody's saying you, you got to get paid. You're right there. You get hurt, they're gonna ship you out of there once you come back. You know, or you know, like say you lose your starting spot. They don't need you. You ain't gonna make no twenty million being no backup, you know. And that's what Michael Vick did. Michael Vick was smart enough to restructure his contract because he knew Philly wasn't gonna keep him making no twenty million to behind this Nick Foles. So it ain't about you know saying now oh the money money, but the players looking at hey you know I could be hurt. The owners don't care. I'm gonna get the money now. It ain't about loyalty no more. These teams no, they say you go ahead. And, and what's confusing is that every. Body, uh, you know, in the National Football League has a different contract. You know, maybe they need to do some structural contracts uh, to keep things simplistic. But, you know, when somebody gets incentives for doing this, somebody gets incentives for doing that, and so on and so forth, these contracts can become you know, out of control and, 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 and uncontrollable. And, and a lot of these guys, you know, they, they may make big money on their contracts when, you know, it should be a little bit smaller and, and a little bit easier for everybody else, I think it would be. Glover? No, uh, yeah, you, you're right, TJ, you're right. You know, here, here, here's a funny scenario we're talking about. Guys getting paid, we're talking about Flocker, we're talking about pay cuts. We're talking about all these different different scenarios and situations. Michael Vick taking a pay cut to stay on the team. What should Flacco do? Brady just, you know, took a pay cut. These other guys are taking cuts. Kaepernick just went to the Super Bowl. Do you know Kaepernick makes the, the league minimum like four hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand, and he's still under contract for another year? Now, here's the crazy side: you should always honor your contract. But do you think San Francisco, because now if you guys are saying Alex Smith is going to KC, do you think it will be in San Francisco's best interest to sign Kaepernick to a long-term deal, or do you think they're going to let him play out? And see what direction you take the franchise and try to pick up somebody in the free agent market. Well, without well, I've got three minutes left, I'll let you go and knock that out there. Go ahead. Okay. I think without their, you know, without a court or a backup quarterback like Alex Smith, I think it is in their best interest to sign him, and then hopefully try and pick up a developmental quarterback that that they can use as a backup because, uh, you know, Kaepernick. If if he can get some good money now, if they can work out a deal with him now, rather than when he's a free agent, I think it'll be better for them. Well, you got to look at it too, and I think you made a point, Glover. I think I know where you wanted to go with that. Is they're gonna let him play out, and if any smart team would do, let him play that out. You ain't gonna pay him that big money now. See if he's gonna do it next year, you know, because he's still under that contract with that little bit amount of money. Now, if he don't play as well as he played this year, now you ain't got all that money invested in him, so you can get rid of him and bring some stuff there. So that was just kind of going with going to save them in the long run, love. If they if they make a deal with him now, 
at $400,000 a year, the league minimum? I mean, because who knows what he's going to do? What if he takes him back next year? And then he's a free agent after that. Guess what? He's a big market. He's more of a big market. Yeah, but they they will take that chance because of that year. Then they'll just franchise him. Yeah, him for that year. See? Yeah. Well, like right. I said, they get these contracts get so long and drawn out and confusing. <laughs> well, you, you you think of that too, Glove? Well, you know what? Um, hey, I'm you know from a business standpoint, they're not gonna do it. Because it was one year he's a one he's a one hit wonder, and he did struggle toward the end of the season, and that's what Flacco. That's why Baltimore haven't signed Flacco really because remember he struggled out early, he just came on at the end. So you got a reversal of fortune. Flacco started off bad, ended good. Kaepernick came in and took over and was doing well, and then he kind of flatlined toward the end. So you know you got. To- Yeah, I mean, you got to look and say, there's so many quarterbacks that has been the one hit one. Well, what we got to do, we got to take a little break and we come back. And we might piss a lot of women off on this next um, subject we got to talk about, but we'll be right back. flagship station for sports voice america sports looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping want to play the ponies join us every week for winning ponies with john Engelhart, racing's regular guy where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys trainers agents and handicappers in the world of horse racing this show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies Handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. On this week's program, we'll have deer expert Dr. David Samuel and shed dog trainer Jeremy Moore. Hey, we'll also have deer biologist Grant Woods and the host of the Bucks at Tecamonte, David Morris. When we talk about shed hunting. And it's all brought to you by Outdoor Channel plus Ram Trucks. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, and I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. 
James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving. I love it. Of course, I'm always love you there. Yes, sir. 80 degrees, baby. 80, 80 degrees. degrees. Sunny yeah, San Diego. That's what I'm talking about. We had to get Clarence Thomas out of here. He had to get out of here, so he'll be back. You <laughs> <laughs> had to go back here to go back in court. <laughs> A little political ass. Anyway, Glove, <laughs> We'll get this rolling, you know, I don't piss them, you know, people off, but we got to be said. These opinions, right, Glove? Nothing but yes, opinions, sir. you know. I might get some call ins on this. I already know about one. But uh, I, I want to get into this uh, world of sports with women. You know, we got into the Denica uh, Patrick thing last week when she, you know, got the pole position, number one. They made a big spectacle about women, you know, not getting enough praise when they do sports. You know, the sport game. You know, like the women basketball said, they're never on TV as much as the men, you know, because nobody look at yeah. You know, nobody, I mean, you know, love, if I'm wrong or right, nobody pay attention to the women's sports. You know, when you're sitting there watching a game, Super Bowl, and your woman there all in your ear bugging you, would you go in the other room, please? Get away, you know? What do you think, love? You know what? You're, you're, you're right <laughs> to a certain degree. <laughs> What's funny is this. Women... At the Super Bowl, they watch. They they interrupt the Super Bowl game. Let me be let me be clear. They interrupt the game. Now there are some women that are true football fans. We can't take them take take nothing from them. But for the most part, a lot of women are there for the commercials, the halftime show, and the hors d'oeuvres. That's what they're there for. Now, as far as you're talking about sports. You know, the sponsorship is different, men to women, because a lot of people don't tune in. So, of course, they're not going to be on TV as much because of sponsorship. If the ads and the commercials were higher and were paying more, then they would be on TV more. But because it's less, they're not getting as much airtime as the men's sports are. Okay, let's let's break it down. Now. You talk about what you watch in the game, the women. And basically, that's what it is. You know, they they yap 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 doing that. You can't hear. It. I don't understand. Well, you know, they go in the other room. We already discussed that, right, Glove? You agree with that, right? I I agree. Ain't, ain't no ain't no snacks in this room. Go in the other room, get the snacks, right, Glove? Well, well, well it starts here, Love. <laughs> when, when you're watching sports or when you're watching the Super Bowl, and women show up with high heels and mini skirts and boob tops. That that's not appropriate game wear. That's that's after seven wear. That's bedroom wear. You right. you come with your, your sports gear on. You don't need to have on a booty skirt or or booty shorts or high heels or anything like that. Come come ready for the game. You know, come knowing some statistics, knowing some numbers. Don't don't come talking about the dip, the seven layer bean dip you just made, or oh my god, <laughs> what's in the artichokes, or or. Is that is that is that picante sauce or is that paste? We're here to watch the game. We don't want to hear none of that. What do you think of that, P? T's not here, man. No, P. P. Yeah. Oh, hey, James. Hey, how you doing? Good. What do you, th- you think of that? You know what? He just they just punched me in, so I didn't hear any of it. 
Okay, this is what we say. You know, sports women, you know, we've talked about Danica Patrick. You know, she got uh-huh. the pole position, and now they're making this big thing of women's sports. Women get mad when they don't get on the WNBA, so they ain't on as much as the men. But like me and Glow were saying, when, you know, and you might disagree. I know how you are with the sports and football. And I thought Catherine was going to call it, but she did. But uh, uh, women need to just go in the other room and let the men watch the sport. Go in there with the bean dip and the, the Wayne's right glove. Yes, sir. Like I said, you, when you, you show up, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a quick recap of what I said. I said when women show up to watch sports and they have on high heels or booty skirts or titty tops and things like that, that's not appropriate gear because men want to watch the sport. Now, if you're the halftime show, then you should wear an outfit like that. But we don't want to hear about the seven-layer bean dip or, or the hot wings or, oh, my God, girl, what's on potato skins? Is that ranch or is that sour cream? If, if you're a true sports fan, which there's a lot of women out there that are, then be a sports fan. But rule of thumb number one is don't talk. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Go okay. ahead, P. I well, can't wait to hear. I mean, okay, okay. First off, there are some of us who are true sports fans. Okay. I mean, there are some women, you know, like myself. I mean, we can talk. Stacked with you, you know, we follow Sports Center. We're not just about the bean dip and the <laughs> <laughs> coming in with the low, the uh, revealing clothing on. And But, hey, hey, if she's dressed like that and she's still there to watch the game, then that's her business. <laughs> but, I mean, but, right. but if you get it like, P, you know, what we're saying is, you know, uh, we're going to be sitting there asking all the questions on the game. You know, what's that? What's this? We don't want to hear that. You know what I'm saying? We don't know the game. Go in the other room. Am I right, No, because you know what? You're you're absolutely right. I'm actually, even as a female, I'm that way. I cannot watch football with people who do not know what's going on because I don't have time to explain to you what that flag meant, you know, what that flag meant, what's the overtime rules, what's going on. So those of us who are into sports, like, we agree with you, like, you know, especially Super Bowl, if it's your team, you want to be able to watch the game. You don't – it's not a social thing. Like, this year for the Super Bowl, because the Niners were in it, I didn't go to Super Bowl parties because that was my team. I wanted to be watching the TV, and I didn't want to be hearing, you know, the chattering, the talking, talking about the food. It was about football that day. So I, I bypassed one of Super Bowl parties. So there are some of us out there that are really into the game. Oh, much respect, much respect. Hey, my point was I can respect anybody that's there for the game. Now, do you need appetizers and cocktails and all that? Of course you need that because that makes it more enjoyable. But my thing, what I was saying was, like you just said, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm piggybacking off of you. If you don't know, go in the other room. Don't be sitting there asking questions when you've had 16, 18 weeks to figure out what's going on. Don't wait till the biggest day when we're in the Super Bowl to try to figure out how football's played in 60 minutes when you have right. all season long to go online. Paula, this point, we got another caller on the phone. We got Catherine and we got Pete, but I, this is my question. You there, Catherine? I'm here. This is my question to you and Paula. You know, uh, and Glover, I mean, kind of, you know, we really don't, you know, but – you know, we go into the world of sports, and women started off, they wanted to be um, um, announcers. And it was a big thing that they wanted to go in the locker room with the guys after the game. 
And it was a big thing when a guy said, you know, they was undressed and a woman was offended. You know, you go into these locker rooms, you know, and the woman said, you know, why aren't they being treated the same as the man? My my question to you guys is, you know, like Glove was saying earlier, the, the marketing and advertising is a whole lot different than a man. You know, why do you women now they feel y'all equal to a man in sport? Who want to go first, Paulo or Catherine? Well, Catherine, I, you want to I, go first? Pardon me? Go, go ahead. Catherine. You got to go for it, Catherine. Uh, I think that, you know, the announcer thing, and we had this conversation during the game, is a whole different thing. You're going on national television, you know, by then you're talking to a sportscaster, do you want your tidy whities on national television? You ought to know when the TV cameras come in the locker room need to be appropriate. Now, can they go in there and yuck it up with the guys while they're dressing and dressing? No, it's not professional. But they can still be um, just as good of a broadcaster, and the guys can respect the fact that there is the, um, you know, female-male roles, and, and you have to be appropriate. You just can't be sitting around in your underwear talking to a bunch of guys all the time. But when it goes to, you know, we talked about pay scales and things like that, if they're doing the same job, they deserve the same pay. It doesn't matter um, if they're male or female. And that's, you know, where you and I disagreed. Paula? Well, the first thing I'll touch on is uh, the pay, the pay, for instance. Now, with WNBA, I understand why those, the, the, those players were paid a lot less because, one, they're not bringing in the type of money as an NBA team is. So sometimes, you know, I heard like I think some of them were getting paid like thirty thousand, forty thousand, and so at first it was kind of like, wow, why are the WNBA players getting paid so low? But then you have to look at what are they bringing in. Like we had a Sacramento team that had to completely fold because they weren't getting the people out there. So I think in terms of pay, it depends on the sport and what's going on. So like Danica Patrick, you know, like if she's now racing and she's up there with men, she should be bringing in just as much as the other men who are on the track with her because she's at that level. But, like, if you look at WNBA versus NBA, of course there's going to be a difference in pay because the, you just have to look at revenue in the sport. I mean, WNBA, a lot of times people aren't watching their games. You don't know when they're, they were on TV. So I understand. I think for pay it's a little different in terms of what the sport is and, like, what the avenue is. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I just think as a sportscaster, if you're doing just as good a job and you've been in the business as long as Chris Carter, he gets the same pay, even though he's, you know, famous and he was a professional football player. If you've been doing it for 30 years and you're a female and you're just as good and you're on national television and you're on ESPN, then, you know, she ought to be um, accredited for that. But for the sports, sports, there's a lot of people that aren't watching them. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. You have you have a comment on that glove before? I... Oh no! Hey, you know what? Hey, look, let me let me not sound like I'm sexist or any of that. If a woman does a job as a man does, corporate America, law enforcement, everyday life, they should get equal pay. Don't get me wrong. I I, I believe in equal pay for the, for the same job, man or woman. Now, when you're talking about sports, it's a difference. Like like I think Paula said or whatever. You know, it's it's what you're bringing in. You know. NBA, WNBA. But see, NASCAR is different. Just like when Tiger Woods, and I'm jumping subject, just like when Tiger Woods first came to golf, it was different. He got paid for what he was bringing to the golf game. Now let's transition. 
to Danica. You know, NASCAR is one, one way. Now you have a female that can drive, and so guess what? Revenue's going up because now you got more women who normally wouldn't have tuned in to NASCAR that are tuning in. So should she get equal pay if not more pay? Heck yeah, because look at what she's bringing to the sport. She's bringing in people who otherwise wouldn't have watched that sport. So, yes, the revenue should be equal, but it goes across the board from sport to sport because if you're not bringing in the revenue, then why should you get the amount of pay? Now, my thing with the women in the locker room is totally different. I have no issue with the women in the locker room, but my thing is how come men can't go in the women's locker room if it's supposed to be equal? Before you guys answer that, Paul and Catherine, the reason why, you know, Glove made a good point. I won't try to answer that one. Not done, but I wanted to make a point like I ain't sexy, but, you know, the, the the thing came up. You know, I've seen it in the newspaper and everything that, you know, women are complaining about, you know, the guys. But it's, it's, it goes back to the same thing. Is I don't even sit there and watch WNBA. I know, you know what I'm saying, but nobody watches it. And then watch it, you know, you look at it and say, hey, they should get the same pay or the respect, you know. You sit there and say, you know, um, Danica Patrick, she only coming up because she's a one, really, and she got that pole position. But, you know, you sit there and say they should get the same TV time or the same money. That should, that's impossible. What do you guys think? Well, well, I agree with you to a point there. I mean, like Paula says, if they're not bringing in the revenue, then that's fine. But when it's sportscasters, you know, they're they're getting paid because of who they are and how well they do. If a woman does it just as good, Let's say Layla Ali becomes a sportscaster. Are you not going to pay her just as good as someone else that's been doing it for 20 years? Are you going to pay her more? Anyway. Paula? With the um, the locker room situation, I, I mean, I can understand why men, the athletes, you know, you're showering sometimes, you know, they may be standing there naked. And I can understand why they may not feel comfortable with a female sitting right there with the microphone. And so, you know, if men don't aren't allowed to go into women's locker rooms, then I think it should be the same thing. Interview the person so they get to the door while they shower, wait for them to, you know, be appropriately dressed, and then have the female come into the locker room. So I understand why for both sexes, you know, be comfortable with the male and them while, you know, they've got no clothes on, and the same thing for the men. But I don't think that we should just say women can't, you know, sportscasters and interview the guys, I think it, just, it should just be appropriate time as to when they can, like, go into those locker rooms. So, you know, when, you know let's go to that. If y'all want to talk about that, I think it was a couple of years ago, maybe was that, help me out, when that woman reporter ended up suing that that football team because they didn't want in and the guy's like, hey, well, I think one of the guys did a gesture to her. What was that, Glove? Do you remember that? Yes, it was the, it was the, the, the Spanish reporter and I want to say it was New England where she was in the locker room, and I'm not going to say she was dressed inappropriate, but she was dressed like they dress on the Spanish network, which is kind of sexual. So one of the one of the players made a – no, excuse me, it was Brett Favre. And one of the guys, he had made a gesture to her, and everybody blew it out of proportion. You know, the, the sexual gesture that was made toward her. I, I don't have a problem with women in the locker room. I think it's a good thing, but you also got to remember, from a sports standpoint, sports is based on revenue. Sex sales, which we can see over the last 20-something years, I'm not saying that the, the sportscasters aren't good 
or the sideline reporters aren't good, but show me an ugly sideline reporter or a non-sexual woman that's standing on the sideline reporting. You don't see no big old fat women. You don't see no ugly women. You see all attractive women. I'm not saying they're not good or they're not good forecasters, but I'm just saying sex sales, it boosts up the rating. More rating means more revenue. Is that what you think? Um, are you guys think Paul and Kathy, that's what they're using, these women with a good looker and sex sale to get everybody to look at them interviewing? You guys think that? Well, I mean, he's he's right. I mean, when you look at, like, um, the women who cover the football teams and NBA teams, I mean, he's right. They are pretty, you know, they're nice looking. You don't see, like, like he said, like really big overweight people holding those jobs. And I think it's just because the person's on TV and for that station, you know, it's, like you said, it's, it is all about ratings. I mean, that's the way society operates. It's what's going to sell. And so you can look, open up magazines, you can look at TV commercials, and you can see what's selling. So it is like that. I mean, I definitely wouldn't disagree with him. They're, they're definitely going by looks and what the woman looks like and stuff like that. Hello? Hello? What do you think? Well, I agree. Pretty people sell, um, and that's what the public want. Is it fair? No, it's, but it's reality, and they're not going to put somebody on as an anchor or a sportscaster in a big network that isn't something that's appealing or someone that isn't appealing, but they also have to have skills. They just can't go out there and be a pretty face. Now, if the sportscasters are dressing like cheerleaders, then there's a problem. And there's something with the network when they allow that to happen. Um, you know, you look on CNN and, and ESPN and Fox News, and those people are all appropriately dressed, and, and they bring their game. They know what they're talking about, and so they're respected. Nobody's going to respect somebody that goes into the locker room looking like a cheerleader when they're supposed to be talking about football with a bunch of guys. Well, well let's go a little bit deeper. Help me out, Gla. Um Paula, Catherine. You know, the one thing that I, I look at it, you know, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock every morning, lingerie football, you women. That's what they put you guys in. That's what they sell it. They're not selling the game. Am I right, Glove? No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, but let me let me stop. I, I've been to, we have a team in San Diego, and a friend of mine is a referee, and I wasn't sold. I mean, I was sold on the lingerie aspect, but I went to the game. Those women play and play hard. Those women they are sexual creatures, and they are selling sex, but those women are out there, they're out there, heart, sweat, blood, and soul, trying to play that game. So but, I respect what they're doing. I just don't respect the gear or what they're trying to do to my mind. That's my point, Glove. Okay, you know they're out there playing. I've seen it, too. No woman here. Why don't you put them in the appropriate gear to, to, to play the game? Why are you putting them? Because that's what's selling. What do you guys think about that, Paul and Catherine? Why don't we well, get Channing Tatum in, in DVDs? I'd watch it. <laughs> Paula? <laughs> well, no, you're right. I mean, they're putting them, they're having them play in lingerie because they're trying to get the most number of people to watch. They know if they have them out there in jerseys and long, you know, long pants or whatever, the men are going to kind of be like, well, why am I watching this? But, of course, that's why they have them dressed that way. You know, it's. I've never even heard of that. You're talking about they're playing in lingerie, but yeah. they know that's what they're trying to get an audience, so that's why they're going to dress them like that. 
Yeah, that's a totally different aspect of trying to involve sports with sex. And it's it's a big thing. Am I right, Glove? That football it's a big thing, and people watch it, yeah. right, Glove? Yes, Paul. You could you could go on YouTube, Paula, and and do lingerie football, and some teams will pop up. But let me say something to what we we're talking about earlier. Think about it. If the WNBA were playing in different outfits, mm-hmm. do you think more guys would tune in? Like like beach volleyball, or like volleyball in general. You know, if the WNBA had something a little bit more sexual, which we're not going to get, but I'm just saying from a, a standpoint of selling sex, and I'm not saying they're selling sex because a lot of those women can't play, but I'm saying if their outfits were different, I bet you more people would tune into it. You guys agree so, with that? I don't understand what you're saying. So what is your attraction towards men's then? Is it more action or the way they're dressed? I mean, those women bring the games just as good as the man does sometimes. What we're talking, I'm just talking about from a sexual male point of view, if you wanted more people to, to tune in, the, the game from the man's standpoint and the woman is different. I'm just talking about tuning in as a fan. I watch the WNBA. I, I think some of those women are great. I'm just saying if they wanted more people to tune in, we were just talking about lingerie football. Now, Glove, I and, would and watch men's basketball if they took the shirts off too, but, I mean, that's just kind of unrealistic. Oh, yeah. No, I know it's unrealistic. I'm just saying if. It was just an if because this is an opinion. <laughs> but, but it's not unrealistic. If you look back at it, I don't know if you guys seen it. Deion Sanders' daughter was in. They got a lingerie basketball, and he was mad because his daughter was in that. You know, so they are going to come out with something like that, guys. And like Glove said, do you think Catherine Paul, more people will look, will look into it, watch it? Well, I mean, for guys, you, I mean, you guys probably would just because, you know, I mean, men are visual. So if they are trying to pull up their ratings in terms of, okay, let's get more men to watch, that's, you know, if they did that, then they probably would get more men watching because you guys are going to be looking at how are they dressed, you know, what what do they look like. So, I mean, that's just like Catherine was saying earlier, that's just reality. Men are visual. So for you guys to get you to watch, maybe it would take a change a little bit in the uniform. But who watched sports most of sports, Paula? Men, right? Men. Mm-hmm. There, you, there you go. So isn't that what they're trying to get, more men to watch, right? Well, I think WNBA, too, they were also, I mean, when they first started, they were also trying to pull in a lot of the little kids, the young girls, you know, trying to get them to want to, you know, continue playing basketball. So I think for them it was a little, it's hard because they're not just trying to get men, but it's also a big avenue for females and young ladies. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of tough for them, I think, because they're really, you know, when you go to the, I think the Sacramento, Sacramento games and most of the people there were kids with their moms and stuff. So, you know, it's tough for them, I think, trying to draw men to, to watching that. Kessa? Well, I, I agree. Um, you know, men, men have always dominated the sports um, in, in all over the world for many years, and women have to break ground in that area, and they have to be fantastic or good to even get someone to watch them, which, you know, it's just the way it is. Um, do I think men's basketball is more exciting than women's basketball? Absolutely. But what about beach volleyball? To me, that's pretty much the same. So, like Paula said earlier, it depends on the sport. Do I watch volleyball because of what they're wearing? Absolutely not. 
Um, do I watch golf? No, it's a slow game. So, you know, it, it's kind of a disparate thing to compare each sport to each sport, male versus women. But in basketball and things like football, obviously men are going to dominate the industry. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm with Catherine on that with the volleyball. You know, I'm, I played volleyball in high school, so I'm just a big volleyball fan. So I watch the women, I watch the men. It doesn't matter to me that the women are out there with, like, almost thong underwear on and then their <laughs> bikini tops. You know, I mean, I just like the game. But I'm right. sure there are some men who are drawn to that because of what the women have on. I'm one of them. <laughs> what? I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm one of them. I watch volleyball. Well, I love basketball. I love basketball, period. But I watch volleyball. Not There's some great athletes in volleyball, but I also love the outfits. I think the outfits are wonderful. But Why don't you guys watch the women basketball players? And I don't understand if men's basketball is so great to you. Why aren't you watching the women? Because of the way they're dressed? That can't be your own The, the, the same, you know the same thing to, you said earlier because it's slower than the men's game. I had to cut you off, but we only got 20 seconds. But I want to thank you, Paula and Captain, for calling in. Because I thought this stuff would be good, you know, to get the women's side and see what they're thinking. Like gloves say, you know, hey, get the chicken wings and the, the, the Doritos. I'm joking. <laughs> Thanks a lot again, guys, for calling in. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. All right. Another one of loving that sports talk, and we'll be back next week. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.